0: Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Films on Trial. This week, Big Trouble in Little China. I'm Gav. I'm Alex. I'm Dave. I'm Austin. I'm Mike. Well done, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. worried if you'd come in or not. So as you might have heard, Joel's not here today, but we've got a very apt substitute in our good friend Mike. Hello. Uh, So just like Big Trouble in Little China, you're in for some serious trouble and you're in for some serious fun. To be honest, I think that's the most apt <laughs> tagline we've ever had. Serious trouble and serious fun. Yeah, because you'll definitely have a good time listening to this show, but you'll probably end trouble? up on some sort of watch list for it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you've never yeah, my heard fifth this. Of already is. <laughs> that's why he's not here tonight. <laughs> so if you've never heard this show before, then you should probably sit tight. Hold the fort and keep the home fires burning. And if you don't enjoy the show by the end of this episode, call the president.
1: Is this going to be the entire episode? All flourish. All flourish.
0: (laughs) Essentially, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. There's also a whole host of other hilarious shenanigans, including a caption contest, a quiz, some questionable impressions, some xylophone playing, some silly sound effects, and a whole lot of banter. So as I said before... This week's film on trial is Big Trouble in Little China. What <laughs>
1: was that like a samurai <laughs> sword? It
0: was a ninja star being okay.
1: thrown. What into someone? Can I hear it again? Oh yeah, that, that makes yeah. contact. Oh, it, yeah. it does. It does. <laughs> <laughs> very very deep content. Yeah. <laughs> There's liquid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just to say, if you've never um, seen Big Trouble in Little China before, uh, this is going to be a very spoilerific episode. Uh, if you haven't seen the film, I-, I just don't understand why not. Your life. It's probably very unfulfilled. I don't understand how you've gone this far <laughs> without watching. Let's, let's
1: not get personal with the <laughs> matter. <laughs> so,
0: so what you can do is you can either, um, you know, put this on pause, come back to it once you've watched the film, listen to it at a later date, or um, what you could do is just trust our judgments. It, so, or you could also fast forward to the quiz this week brought to us by Alex, which we'll highlight in the comments section below. Now before we go on, our last film on trial was Where Eagles Dare. I'm annoyed you don't have an eagle sound effect on that. Yeah. I, I have tried my hardest <laughs> to get hold of a needle, like an, an eagle, an eagle, an e- eagle with a an needle, and I haven't been able to. So that, that, I'm sorry, we are just gonna have to compromise. All right, you ca- yeah, I know, I know, I strive for perfection as well, but we just won't be able to get one. Um, okay, so Austin, you judged uh, where eagle stayed, did you yep, not? I did, and you decided that it should be placed on the hit list. Now you've since gone away and watched the film. What did you think? Do you think you made the right call?
2: Yeah, I think I did. It's it's shit, but it's entertaining <laughs> shit. Like, that that uh, is exactly right. Yeah. I, I've yeah. never claimed otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it, it was entertaining. I think it didn't take itself seriously. It was it was fun. I got through it. It was long though. <laughs> it was it long, is, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it was close. It was touch and go, but it was fun. So. Just yeah. more of it to love.
0: They really, they really pushed the boundaries of enjoyment for watching Clint Eastwood Punch Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I felt like maybe, There's a boundary for
3: that?
2: I felt like, I, I don't know how long a reel of the film actually is, but I feel like maybe they were, let's just if make it, a record here. Let's get as much of a
0: film on this it's as we can. It pretty big. It was more like a big spool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I think it was on the right, on the right list, just about.
0: Okay, well, thank you very, very much for that, Austin. Uh, so before we go on to the show, I think it's time for a little bit of news. <laughs> uh, I mean, bad. You know, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not bad. No, it, bad. no, it's not good, though, is it? Well, I yeah. think
2: part of the issue is your timing. Um, much like your comedy.
0: Oh, man.
2: It's just a off. I mean, I just heard.
0: You, you know what? I was going to go quite easy on you tonight. Literally, uh, since I walked through the door, I've had nothing but abuse. <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. It's just because you're such an easy target. Talk. Uh,
1: talking that's about what he says to me. Honestly, we need to we need to start talking a little
0: bit more. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. Like you know, form some sort of bald four-eyed union.
1: <laughs> uh, that, that's the last time I try and defend you. Today. You're on your own. <laughs>
0: Okay, so we're talking about easy targets. Uh, the trailer for Rocket Man was released this week. I should have said talking about <laughs> bald, <laughs> four eyed people. <laughs> nah, too late, you missed it. <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, if you hadn't guessed, the bell peg about Elton John. Uh, Dave, you're a big, big <coughs> fan of music in general mm-hmm. and of Elton John, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think about this one? I mean, bearing in mind, Bohemian Rhapsody is just one Rami Malek uh, best album lead actor oscar yeah do you think Rocketman could be equally successful in the future no. no
3: no i do not i don't think elton john's story is anywhere near as compelling as freddie mercury's to be honest with you and i know that bohemian rhapsody didn't really do freddie mercury's story justice like i've, I've heard a few people say it's like a pg 13 mm. version of, yeah. of freddie's life it's very toned down very restrained uh and elton john's may well need to be similarly restrained but i don't think um that it's, it's the same kind of story it's not got the same compelling background to it that i think freddie mercury does and elton john's a big artist he's a big deal released a lot of good songs he's not the icon he's not the stage presence icon that freddie mercury was no not at all i
2: don't think he's he's not nearly as interesting as he and, no. he's, and he's alive so and we know and he's about alive him, so. and
3: he's alive so and the longer he's been around his legacy has been tainted by <laughs>
2: his own, by his own he's, actions
0: he's, <laughs> as time he's has not gone by
2: likable, yeah
0: <laughs> so. Uh, so i, I mean uh, i might just be being ignorant here but i don't really know that much about elton john's life i mean mm. t- apart from um sort of like a deaverish behavior that gets um, you know put out in the press but any sort of controversies, any sort of big issues or obstacles he's had to overcome? I don't really know much about Elton John. Is there going to be that, that same level of uh, drama in this film? Okay,
2: so the drugs, I guess. I guess. Yeah, drugs. there's certainly...
1: It's th- that's quite tired now I think in yeah. films it's like in all like bi- in biopics film, yeah. biopics about um singers so you like walk the line yeah, yeah. it's just the standard thing they get famous it's like that's the interesting bit of the film then they yeah. get into drugs and after a while like Ray the same thing you know you're a bit like here come the drugs bit and yeah. oh here comes the redemption bit and oh look they've had another tour it's like the same thing thing is that they're
3: all true stories they did all get famous yeah. and all get into yeah, drugs no,
1: I know, but, <laughs> in a <laughs> big way but yeah it's only so much
2: you can yeah, watch of that because it's it, 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 it's, it's for some people. You can see where it's going. You know, you know enough. You know too much about them already. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's fairly obvious. Did
0: you ever watch the Walk Hard: Dewey Cox story? It was quite underrated comedy. It was like a pastiche and, and a musical biopics um, starring John C. Riley. And there was a bi- brilliant bit in it where you know he kind of gets hooked on drugs, but it's, as the film goes on, he gets hooked on all these different types of drugs, and they have different effects <laughs> on him and changes music. But it's, it's quite a good sort of um, jab at all that that kind of point. Yeah, that musical biopics. Thing, yeah. You know? Anyway, so thank you very much for that, guys. And moving on, um, news point number two eat your vitamins and say your prayers, brother, because Thor himself, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth, <laughs> like that, uh, signed up to play one of the most iconic figures in wrestling, Hulk Hogan. Now, um, Alex, what do you think about this one? <laughs> I,
1: I, I wouldn't introduce him as the most iconic figure in wrestling, I'd rather really? say.
0: Well, he's a, who would you say he's bigger? bigger? No,
1: I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not, I'm not saying the he's Rock. not big. I'm just saying that I would use a different term for him, and it might not be as polarizing. Nice, to be honest, yeah, I would yeah, uh, say he's bag. a bit of it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I might go for words like that. To be honest, yeah, Hulk Hogan doesn't strike me as a great person. So going into his life, I think, and sort of, I don't know, I just I don't think it's worth it. I also think he, I know he's a big wrestler, but that that doesn't mean a lot to me. So to kind of investigate his life just mm. does not it's not interesting to me at all.
0: So. Mike you're sort of a big comic book fan and a comic or superhero movie fan as well Thor himself Chris Hemsworth he's gonna be betraying Hulk Hogan do you think this is a good move for him do you think it's a bit of an odd choice perhaps
4: well, I suppose that they're both kind of blonde, muscle-bound uh, <laughs> 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 guys with um, questionable choices in costumes, so I think he's the right fit.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, Thor was a demigod, and Hulk Hogan has a god complex. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he, uh, Chris Hemsworth can do comedy, so I think he'd be good at, if he brings that element to it, because it's got to be a bit of a yeah, having yeah, a laugh, yeah, and it's not going to be a serious take on Hulk Hogan, which is no. not a serious figure. I, so. I,
0: just, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a really big <clears> wrestling fan to be honest, and it, I just think it's a very, very odd choice. I mean, Hulk Hogan himself, he, like, kind of transcended wrestling. He was sort of like a pop culture icon of the 80s and 90s, really. He was like like a symbol of America to some people. You know, he, he was he's just an odd figure. He's always kind of um, thought he was, well, I mean, he, he was the sort of, like, the biggest wrestler Probably of all time, um, but I think he thought that he was better than the companies that he was with, and because of that, there was a lot of politic and he was sort of like always put himself a top villain he would always he would start trying to write his own storylines, belittle other people, he just got too big for his boots, essentially his wrestling boots um and then and then kind of. I, I, recently, he's been more famous for his sex tape in which he he he, he uttered a lot of uh, racial slurs. Uh, so he's been sort of uh, kicked out of WWE. I think they've just brought him back now. Um, they've just kind of extended the olive branch. But his reputation has been tarnished. I'd say irreparably. To be fair, Mel Gibson. Yeah, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. So it's just a bit of an odd time and an odd person to pick for a biopic.
2: Maybe the story that's been pitched there to to Chris Hemsworth is you know is compelling enough. It's a similar thing to this Alan John stuff, isn't it? Is that it's still an interesting mm. icon throughout some time. A, a lot of this story we'll have only seen through the press, you know. Oh. So there'll be a touch
4: that. You know what they could cover in Alan John just never been done before, like the trauma of a hair transplant. <laughs> i mean yeah that, yeah. that hasn't be covered it, you're
1: it's a, right it's a first world problem but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe they'll go in depth into it uh, oh shit i forgot what i was going to say now i'm just thinking about hair transplants <laughs> <laughs> We want to get some prices <laughs>
0: um, okay well thank you very much for that guys um so uh, moving swiftly on to alex's film feels oh i'm gone
2: oh no you carry on <laughs>
0: I think we're going to have to have a break anyway just mark this down and moving on to Alex's film feels oh, that was yeah. a good one uh, yeah I like
1: it uh, right this one I know this is going to be probably quite an easy one for Gav but John Carpenter film I think it's the first John Carpenter film we've put on trial right is it yeah I think it, it is. Is.
3: Yeah, is isn't it yeah. yeah it
1: is yes so For John Carpenter, (laughs) what's your favourite John Carpenter film?
2: Well, Gav's is definitely The Thing.
1: It's clearly The Thing. So we'll move on from Gav, who's the biggest John Carpenter fan here. (laughs) (laughs) Biggest only.
3: (laughs) Uh, Dave? Um, The Thing is a contender for sure, but if I was going to go a little left field, I might say Assault on Precinct 13. Interesting. It's definitely a favourite of mine. Soundtrack was great, penned by John Carpenter. Uh, Some really good lines in there, really good dialogue. Uh, Some great characters, great performances from actors I don't really see much of uh, before or since, really. It's kind of a unique little cast they assembled for that one. It's well worth looking, if anyone wants to try it out. Better than the remake? Oh, God, yes. (laughs) Oh, my word, yeah. Don't even ask. You've offended me (laughs) with your
1: question. (laughs) I, I would probably say, for me, it's either The Thing or I quite like They Live which I only watched fairly recently, and I really liked the subliminal messages that we could oh, put yeah. on. I, I thought that whole sequence where the cityscapes turned into just subliminal messages, I thought that was really powerfully done and better than... I don't know, I think a lot of films have attempted to do that since and not quite managed it as powerfully. So, yeah, I might say they live.
2: I would uh, I would go with The Thing. I actually really enjoyed The Thing when you made me watch that. <laughs> <laughs> made. made. <laughs> you said you were having a good forcibly, time. <laughs> forcibly made me watch that. Yeah. Gav's no, face really. like an inch away from <laughs> your face. Yeah. Yeah. And he was just watching my reaction throughout the entire <laughs> film. <laughs> <laughs> mouthing the words as they were on the
4: screen. <laughs> uh, Mike? I okay, I really hope it is a John Compton film, but The Terminator... Oh, oh no, no, oh no. no, 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 my, no. You know, it's been lovely having you. The right, the right initials, the right initials. I, I, was, I was just here to replace Joel. <laughs> and bring a bit more of a lively voice to it. <laughs> Joel would have said whatever And Alex say said. some slightly cleverer <laughs>
0: things. Yeah, Joel, Joel, if he was here, wouldn't have been paying attention to the question and just would have repeated whatever the last person said. <laughs> um, well, I know I'd, I'd say the thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. God, yeah. God, 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 God. Great input. Go on, Gav. Uh, so I, I will... Um, I talk, okay, so... Preparing for Big Trouble in Little China, I had a bit of a mini John Carpenter marathon. Uh, I've watched The Thing, obviously, quite recently. So I didn't watch the Apocalypse Trilogy of, of John Carpenter, if you've ever heard of that. So no. it's three films uh, written and directed by John Carpenter that all kind of have an apocalyptic feel. The Fog? But, no, um, although that, that is another good film. Uh, the first one's The Thing. The second one... Which, Escape from New York. Is, that's also a great film, yeah. But see, look at this, Alex. We're getting on I so well. All right, Escape from L.A. Let's not mention that. (laughs) Is it In the Mouth of Madness, by any chance? That is the third one, In the Mouth of Madness. uh, 1995, um, sort of uh, story about Sam Neill playing this insurance. I can't even remember what his job is. Basically, he's basically got to uh, check. uh, In fact, we're just going to cut all this bullshit. I'm just literally going to (laughs) say. The thing. I like the thing. I like the thing. Um, Where can I go from?
2: I don't know. Just whatever you want. I'll Dave said something.
0: in the Math of madness, and I'll say, fortunately, that is the third one. Um, so the, the second one is the Prince of Darkness starring Alice Cooper. Um, D- so it's a cameo from Alice. It's <laughs> uh, just more than just a cameo. He, starting, he kills no, several people. You know? <laughs> <laughs> he kills somebody with a bicycle, you know, which I don't think we've ever seen uh, since or or before <laughs> for good um, reason. For good reason. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, those are two um, lesser known films, I'd say um two very underappreciated films anyway that i definitely recommend that really great feel to them uh but i i like anything it, even ghost of mars um 2001 shit really uh, yeah, <laughs> e- even that but you know i'm very very biased anyway so um yeah basically just just ignore everything i'll just go with the thing what about the Elvis uh, one um, where yeah, where the TV movie with Elder, Kurt Russell. Yeah, with Russell. yeah, that was great. Yeah. Okay. have you just got John Carpenter's films? Yeah, no just way I'm just trying to pick out <laughs> the ones that look the worst, and then try and Aww. try and see which one you
2: think is you're <laughs> going to justify.
0: You know, so far I haven't said anything nasty about you. This is That's all going to change. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Alex.
2: <laughs> I, I like the zoo theme. I
0: like theme. the zoo <laughs> theme. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Everyone loves animals. A You've got. A,
0: <laughs> it is. No, no. so on to the bulk of the show this week's film as mentioned before is Big Trouble in Little China <laughs> <What>?
3: <laughs> do that again yeah. Yeah. one
0: more time
1: someone spitting or whipping it's a punch, that's a, that's oh, a punch. okay yeah
0: yeah okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's how that sequence goes <laughs> and it has been picked out of the hat at random uh it was nominated to us by coming off the reels podcast and dare daniel podcast two really great shows there by the way which i would highly recommend that you check out on any podcasting platform um, all of the roles have been picked out of the hat at random so acting as defense and trying to get the film placed on the hit list will be me i'm a bit like lopan i appear young and healthy initially But the reality is, I'm very decrepit and decaying inside. (laughs) In the role of prosecution and trying to get this film placed on the shit list is Ozzy. Ozzy is just like Thunder. He looks very dapper in a suit, but he's rather wearing an overly elaborate outfit with ridiculously oversized elements. (laughs) (laughs) Now, just like real court advocates, Ozzy and I will be making the best case for our roles. These may or may not be our real opinions, however. So do stay tuned at the end of the episode to hear our genuine thoughts. Now, in the roles of character witnesses and lending their genuine opinions to each argument are Alex and Dave. Now, Alex is, just like Kim Cattrall, such a Samantha. Yeah! <laughs> Sometimes. Sometimes I'm sure. And uh, Dave is a bit like the sewer monster. He's 90% body hair. (laughs) I'll I'll take it. (laughs) Which means our our, uh, late substitution here, Mike is stepping into the shoes of Joel and he's going to be playing the most important role as he'll be playing the judge. Now, Mike is just like Egg Shen. He's small, he squints a lot, and he looks very unthreatening, but he could break your arm in three places with the greatest (laughs) of ease. Now, Mike must decide which list the film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him and not using his own opinion, uh, which is good because you've never actually seen Big Trouble on channel. No,
4: I've never seen it. The only thing that's kind of influenced me is a very large bribe I received from someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you don't know who, so it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, before we get started, I think we should give the listeners a, bit of a better understanding as to what a film is about. So let us spin the Wheel of Impressions. So here we read off uh, the synopsis of the film in the style of one of the cast or characters from the film this week. It's landed on Alex. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so how should Alex read out the
3: synopsis? Oh, there's only one. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, you did a pretty good Kurt Russell when we did Christmas Chronicles, didn't you, Gav? So.
1: Oh, yeah. So, oh, I don't know. Uh, how does Kurt... Can you remind me of Kurt Russell? No. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit, okay. A rough and t- oh, I'll just, I'm just going to do this. A rough and tumble trucker helps rescue his friend's fiance from an ancient sorcerer in a supernatural battle beneath Chinatown. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just lost it. It failed a little bit, but it was, uh, I enjoyed it. Thank okay. you.
0: Oh, well, well done. I'm gone. I think you have to save this. Don't
1: patronize me. <laughs> it wasn't good. Don't patronize
0: me. <laughs> so, without further hesitation, Mike, would you like to kick off proceedings, please?
4: Yes, certainly. So can we have the um, opening statement from the defence, please? Okay, so... Oh, is that you? Can we have Ozzy?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, go ahead, Gav. Okay, so the story follows truck driver Jack Burton and his friend Wang Chi as they attempt to rescue Wang's green-eyed fiancé from the clutches of the evil businessman cum sorcerer David Lopan, who needs to marry a green-eyed woman to break a 2,000-year-old curse and grant him a physical form now jack and wang team up with lawyer greasy law bus driver slash sorcerer egg shen and their friends as they embark on a journey filled with magic martial arts monsters and mayhem ozzy stop laughing
2: <laughs> it's just incredulous the entire
0: thing. just listening back Already. to that summary it's just bringing back horrific memories of an hour and a half ago <laughs> Anyway, uh, so there was a renewed interest in East East Asian cinema in the late 90s slash early noughties, thanks to the likes of Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung, Jet Li. Uh, But Big Trouble in Little China predated this trend by at least 10 years, and audiences just weren't really prepared for it. Nobody really knew what to make of it, and studios didn't really know how to market it or advertise it, so it became a huge box office bomb. However, like many of Carpenter's works, it went on to become a widely celebrated cult classic. One of the greatest aspects of the film for me is the extraordinary blend of genres. It was originally written as a martial arts western set in turn of the 18th century San Francisco, but it was brought to modern day and injected with elements of science fiction, action, horror and comedy. Now, it sounds like it shouldn't have worked at all, but Carpenter made this movie very, very self-aware and self parodying and the result is just an incredibly fun piece of cinema. Flowing between genres keeps it interesting, it keeps audiences engaged by creating surprises and intrigue, and it creates a really mad, fun movie, and it's obvious that everybody involved is just having an absolute blast throughout it, to be honest. (laughs) The script is excellent. It's very simple and linear, so it's easy to follow, even when the more fantastical elements are uh, inserted. Would I be saying the same thing if it just remained Western? Mm, Probably not, but there are so many different elements on display here that it was always interesting the dialogue is brilliant as well and there are so many quotable lines Jack Burton is just so braggadocious a lot of his lines are delivered in a way objection is that a word? yeah
2: Braggadacious. I have not Braga- heard it braggadocious okay I'll, I'll, I'm gonna have a, I'll lay off it
0: what does it mean? it means he, he's a braggard <laughs> <laughs> No, that's a made-up word. Uh, no, that's a, no, that's no, no, it's no, a, no, no, a real word. No, I was joking, yeah. I'm joking, I'm joking. Yeah. No. I just mean like he brags a lot. He's, he's very uh, full of himself. Okay. Bra- braggadocious, adjective, boastful or arrogant. There okay. we go. Nice. Okay. Well, I,
1: well, I, excellent, done, well done. I, I like the way when you're searching for it, just says braggadocious Trump. That's like, <laughs> <laughs> the second hit. So
0: his, his, Sorry, I take it back. I don't worry about it, mate. Mike <laughs> is making notes here. He's very braggadocious anyway. A lot of his lines are delivered in a way that he. everybody thinks he's a Dork, but it's it's this is very talented because the lines still come across as really cool. It's it's a very odd one. Now, the musical, sorry, the music in it is typical Carpenter and it perfectly captures the setting. There aren't too many directors who are so recognizable from just the first note of a score. But as soon as you hear those clanging guitar riffs and electric drum beat, you know exactly what type of film this is going to be. An extremely fun movie that just isn't going to take itself too seriously. The cinematography is also incredibly well done. The lighting and costumes, the vibrant array of colors on display, the camera work, they all help to give this movie a real identity. The fight choreography was also excellent. The scenes in which both feuding tribes beat the living piss out of each other is also really well shot. You can tell the carpenter had a lot of respect and admiration for martial arts movies here. Now, the set itself... It was very, very impressive. The winding back alleys and streets of Chinatown were constructed on sound stages within 20th Century Fox Studios. They looked impressively detailed and realistic. And there were several single-take looping camera shots snaking through the streets that were also very impressive to look at. Also, the the grandiose sets of Lopan's hideout were like something taken directly from an artefact at the Palace Museum in Beijing. Now, for me... Big Trouble in Little China is, is a hit. I didn't write Flourish, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was totally unprepared for that. That's not how it normally ends.
5: <laughs> I thought
2: I had loads of time to just refine my argument around what you'd said. <laughs> no,
0: no, I'm sorry. I, I spent too long writing my closing argument Flourish. I didn't concentrate on the other ones. Okay,
4: well... Okay, that's excellent. Thank you, Gav. Um, Ozzy, what's your reply, please? Uh, I feel... I'm, I'm sure we watched the same film. This
2: time, I made a real effort to pick the right film out of the uh, the Amazon uh, shopping market. Um, Giving points, yeah, 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 just forgetting that. But I, I mean, Gaz says that this film sounds like it shouldn't have worked. I think it sounds like it should have worked. This film is it, on paper has got everything you'd really want. You know, it's got um, it's got a huge budget, high tech for the time, so great special effects. It's marketed as an as an action film. You know, it's with kung fu. Uh, kung Fu um, sort of aspects to it. It's a martial arts action film with a high budget. That should work. It should be fantastic. It's got uh, slapstick comedy, uh, you know, sort of reminiscent of the Three Stooges. It should happen. It should work. And yet, it, after the first 30 minutes, you just watch the same film over, like, so you've got 15 minutes set up, 15 minutes of action, and then you've got that again. Those 15 minutes of action just repeated with a different set, just constant... Um, so it's it's pretty it's a tiring watch in the end. Um, Gav said that it was uh, it, it failed due to be, uh, being difficult to, to market. You know, people didn't know what it was. That's because it doesn't know what it is. It's it does have everything you know, and it's very difficult to market something that is trying to be absolutely everything. It's got sci-fi. It's got martial arts. It's got uh, you, you're set in China. You're set in, in America. You're set in underground in a cave. You're you're everywhere all at the same time. You've got magic. You've got guns it's just so much happening with so little real content um and i w- didn't really want to touch it, but i think it's also difficult to market due to the the match it's it's quite racially insensitive and i think it's a sign of the times it's just so stereotypical um and and i've i actually put this in my second argument really but i thought i'd touch on it now just because i think that's one of the reasons why it's difficult to market because just prior to that there had been a bit of a a backlash in Hollywood due to films sort of, um, uh, sort of cashing in on, um, on American eth- ethnicity. And, um, so there was, I think maybe there was a bit of a, we don't really know what the film is. We're not going to market it too heavily because it's changed so much and we don't really want to push the fact that there are huge stereotypes here. But then I've read a few other bits and I'm going to give, uh, John Carpenter benefit the doubt on Gav's behalf really is that. It's oh, well, an homage. Thank you very much. Well, because I know that you you do love him so much, and <laughs> and you're a big fan. So I'm going to trust that you wouldn't be a big fan of him if if you thought this was actually meant to be be racist. And I think it's actually an homage to martial arts films of the time. So I uh-huh. think you can see some of that. You can see some of the high wire stuff, similar like in um uh, what's it called? Um, what was the one? Crouching Tiger. Yeah, Crouching yeah. Tiger. It's that sort of. Uh, Martial arts goes on in it, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that the, the um I think it's actually meant to be a parody. <coughs> parody it's itself, uh, but that that's just tiring. You know, it's tiring, and um, so so I will give him that that it's it's not not meant to be there. So um, where, where did I get it to before uh, jumping off off then? Choreography, fight choreography. It's actually just messy. It feels it, 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 it messy. In fact, that the there's this little scene where you he drives through these alleyways in his big truck. And then the two warring factions just suddenly, you know, it's like, um, it's not great. It's like watching some sort of like, you know, West Side story. You know, they all sort of run up down the sides. There's these two gangs. They watch each other. They say a little, um, little roar at each other. Then they have a, a gunfight. Then they clear up all of their bodies and they have a fist fight. And then they clear up the dead bodies. And then suddenly there's some magic going on. It's just, it doesn't make any sense. Obviously, you've all.
0: never been in a fight. <laughs> no, 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 with never. magic
2: never, never. <laughs> but like it just seems so odd you know the, the care that, that's taking place after the setup. that it's like a gritty town or whatever and these guys oh we just clear the, the bodies away before, before we have a fist fight um, and it, 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 but it, I, won't, I won't take away from Gav is that he is really well it's well shot that first 30, 30 minutes like and when he one thing I will say is I'm not entirely sure the first scene really belongs to the rest of the film it's like it starts in a, it starts in like a lawyer's office and um someone's saying about how big a hero um uh jack Burton is and then then it skips and i, I got really involved in this first uh, lorry scene but it but after that there's not much much from it
0: so i uh, i can I can give you a bit of a background to that one so the, the character of Jack Burton, I'll go on to in a bit more detail later on, but it was written as just sort of like an everyman sort of thing. He's, a, he's, a, he's not like your, your stereotypical hero. And when Carpenter showed the beginning, which started off in the in the truck, um, to producers, they were like, we're not sure uh, if this guy's a hero or not. We need to let audiences know, oh, this guy's really heroic. So they put that in, that bit in the, in the beginning, where Egg Shen's bigging him up, essentially.
2: Yeah. okay well anyway in short the film is light-hearted and, and it and it does have an adventure feel but it's um you know even in the short uh, run of time that it's it's only 90 minutes so it's it's, a, it's an easy thing to throw on but it just repeats itself over and over and um, you've got the same action scenes you know you and cheesy catchphrases constantly and i'll give gav there are some like funny catchphrases, but it's just like it's it's constant it's um and once you've been in one underground chamber and they've, uh, they've managed to get themselves out of it, they just they fall into like another one and then another one. And after 90 minutes of that, you you really are just quite tired. So, yeah, after the initial setup, I just feel like the movie falls short.
4: Okay, very good. Thank you. So, it's quite interesting there that uh, there are two arguments that are very much in contrast to each other. Uh, Ozzy feels the film is very disjointed, uh, doesn't really know what it is, what it's trying to say. Gavin, on the other hand, feels that it kind of perfectly captures the spirit of the 80s and very much merges its its Eastern influences with a kind of a Western culture and at the same time very self-aware of um, any kind of contrasts and and um, and dynamics that are kind of um, abrasive against each other. So, Gav, I think one interesting thing that Ozzy raised was um, quite often you like to kind of critique films retrospectively um, for how they would kind of stand up in terms of appropriateness in the modern age. So, Ozzy said about things being very characterised, particularly, you know, um, the Eastern elements, you know, and maybe not so much satirised as kind of uh, depicted in this character manner. How do you feel about that?
0: I think with this, this is a film of its time, and this is John Carpenter making a film uh, on things that he was inspired by. So he was very influenced by East Asian cinema and TV. And this was him basically making a homage to that. You know, we've seen similar sort of films in recent years from the likes of Quentin Tarantino, who's made Django Unchained as like a homage to... Um, Westerns. This was him and his big sort of like um, thank you letter to uh, martial arts movies, essentially. Um, when it comes to the characters in it, I think some of them are, are um, perceived as a, a little bit stereotypical, to be honest. Some of them could have been better written. But the thing is, is that you can say that about any film. I mean, I, I watch a lot of films and there's, they have side characters or so superfluous characters uh, that don't really have a fleshed out um, backstory they don't really have any identity they're just there just to kind of progress the, the film I mean I watched uh, two today which had an abundance of them I won't <laughs> name them but alex knows exactly what I'm talking about <laughs> um and uh, for me the the reason that this stands out maybe is because uh, it's it's um Chinese actors playing them so people are saying oh well they're just a stereotype because they're only saying like you know one or two lines they're only kind of they're there just to progress the plot on but In actuality, if it would have been a white actor doing it, they would have had the same little to no dialogue, or they would have just been a sort of a character in the background. And so and a lot of the things that Austin was talking about, they're very traditional to um, East Asian or Chinese uh, films and TV series films like, you know, The Green Hornet, in which there was a white protagonist who had a, a Chinese sidekick. Essentially, John Carpenter wanted to take that and spin it on its head. And essentially, we have a white hero here who has a Chinese sidekick. But when you actually watch the film, it's reversed. It's the Chinese sidekick who's the real hero. He's done doing the bulk of the action. He's the one who's saving the day, and Jack Burton as the as he is essentially the white sidekick. So he was kind of taking that and spinning on its head a little bit.
2: Yeah, okay. I, I'd agree with that completely. That 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 analogy that the um the the that Jack Burton is the sidekick. That's completely true.
4: And then for Rosy, my question I think would be: um, the eighties films have this kind of uh not quite tradition but what they like to do at the time was kind of be self-aware of the kind of cheesiness and uh almost the one dimensionality to it now this is very one dimensional completely
2: yes yeah yeah. Yeah, this is if if you can find a second dimension (laughs) uh, you are a better man than me (laughs) literally that's all there is that that and a and a and a great synth score that's about all it's got going (laughs) for
4: it well, my question would be: What Gav was saying was that that kind of, I think, the self-awareness and the self-parody was something that fleshed the film out more and maybe merged those kind of sim- seemingly disjointed elements together. So, do you feel that that was something that was effective?
2: I think that was definitely what was attempted, and there okay. was um, there was a chance that that it could have worked, but it was just it was so far beyond um,
4: self-parody; it just it just got tiresome. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, to be self-party, you've got to be clever, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, okay, can we move on to our character witnesses, please? Um, so, I think Dave first. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I don't actually know really how this section works. What do I ask? Any about?
3: question, Do you want me to clarify, with an unbiased... Okay. Agenda. Okay. So <laughs>
4: <laughs> an agenda, but it's unbiased. <laughs> okay. Um, so I think the most interesting question there that was raised was whether or not this self awareness kind of affected the uh, in how well the film was integrated and mm-hmm. how well the film worked on sort of different levels. What's what your opinion on that? About the general flow of the the plot and the storyline. Yes. Sort of thing. Um, I
3: see where Aussie is coming from. It can seem a little disjointed at times. Mm-hmm i think overall it makes up for it by the end everything does come full circle you get the answers you're looking for everything does flow together there are times where you feel oh this scene was just shoehorned in so they could get this stunt in there so they could choreograph this action sequence around it so we could have a cool bit of dialogue you know it's uh, and maybe they did work a few scenes around it like that but for the most part i would say it does flow aussie's not wrong but it does flow for the most part in my opinion okay okay so the
2: key takeaway from that is that Aussie is not wrong
4: <laughs> <laughs> okay very good and uh my question to alex as a, a liberal hearted gentleman thank you is uh how does he feel that uh you know um elements of racial stereotyping stand up in the movie
1: um i don't i'm not sure if this film would be made today if i'm honest i don't i don't i think people would probably stay away from it um I, I kind of agree with Gav, but I think you could definitely argue the point that maybe it is a little bit insensitive in places. Um, you know, John Carpenter, I know he I know there's that love of, you know, martial arts yeah, films yeah, that runs yeah. all the way through it, but maybe he could have had a little bit more of an in-depth look at the culture he was talking about to maybe make it a little bit more sensitive. I don't know. The main thing is it definitely wouldn't be made today, I don't think, um, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... I think there's an argument to be made, but it, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a tricky one to see certain scenes and think like, yeah, this is these are stereotypes and you know, it's mysticism and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah.
4: And on a subjective note, do you think we can uh, retrospectively judge films? Yes, with values definitely. of today.
1: Yeah, okay. definitely. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you, you keep it in mind. I'm not saying you should like disregard them, and you should keep the time they were made in 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 your head, but um yeah i think that there are certain films where you should just be like well no that's that that time has passed
4: okay thank you very much okay can we um
1: yeah um Sorry.
2: well i was going to talk about uh some pretty much casting characters or okay. character um was essentially what i was going to talk about for the uh my second point and that's pretty much that I, I mean i genuinely i do think that kurt russell did uh, a sterling job uh to be perfectly honest the um for me, it felt like he was doing some sort of mix of, like, uh, Indiana Jones and, I don't know, like a, uh, like a cowboy badass, you know, like a John Wayne sort of thing. And I think he he, he pulled it off pretty well. You know, he's, um, he's almost like a bumbling hero. Or like He he's tries everything, he goes for, goes for a task, and he, some, he doesn't always quite pull off, you know. And, and I thought he did a good, a good job. He was genuinely funny. And, um, and I thought if, if it was just him all on his own, you could watch him, you know that that goes without saying is pretty much there, but for this you know for it to be a good movie for it to be a hit movie, he needs to have a movie around him, you know, and to make a movie, you need to have people uh to back him up you know um Gav said that that only some of the characters were um could have been fleshed out better, but I genuinely think that everyone other than Kurt Russell could have been fleshed out better um I thought there was a bit of a chance that um that, that, that his friend Wang. Um, that was quite a good story. Those two guys, you know, they got friendship. You see that from the from the off. They're playing poker. They clearly know each other, or they're playing some sort of gambling. Uh, they clearly know each other. They have got a bit of a history. They are friends, but don't necessarily trust each other. And that's the premise of them hanging out for the rest of the uh, the rest of the film. But then everybody else, you know, Kim Cattrall rocks up when he goes to the airport. I mean, part of him even getting to the airport with this back to the story. It's just a bit, why would you bother, you know? I know it's a lot of money, but it's not that much money to go and fight um, fight gangs in an airport and then go chasing, you know, halfway around the country to, to do whatever. Anyway, Kim Cattrall, she turns up. You get told she's a lawyer. You don't find any, anything else out about her. She's just there then for the sake of it. Um, then at one point they're doing a stakeout. She recognises a car. She goes to this car. There's her mate, she's a journalist. Don't hear anything else about her. That's it. Then they just get uh, captured and they're just there to be saved. That's pretty much it. Like, there are no no strong characters in this film, let alone female characters. There are no strong characters other than Kurt Russell. That's pretty much it. That, that's all I've got for casting characters. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kurt Hardy. Russell's good. Everyone else is non-existent.
0: Okay, do you have any retort to that? I'll take the Kate Russell is good bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <want> little. <laughs> so, Kate Russell for me is, is absolutely perfect in this role. He plays the haphazard hero with great aplomb. An average Joe who thinks he's John Wayne but he comes off more like Jim Carrey. Uh, un- <laughs> <laughs> unintentionally, of course. Um, so for me, I think it's a very interesting role to watch because I, I imagine it's very hard to play a guy who thinks he's the coolest man alive is actually a bit of a goof but in reality is actually pretty cool as well. You know, it's 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 a very hard line uh, and it, it, I think Russell walks it very well to be fair. He's completely oblivious to his own faults and that's what makes him so likable. Uh, if he was too serious I don't think audiences would would relate, but if he was a complete bumbling buffoon then audiences wouldn't really ri- rally behind him either. I think he does a really fantastic job of balancing it and he's able to switch from comedian to action hero with the greatest of ease. Um, Carpenter is critiquing standard action hero movies brilliantly here, as I mentioned before. This could have been a typical white saviour film, uh, but it was a refreshing twist that our hero, Jack Burton, is, for the most part, very ineffective, and he overcomplicates and messes up the situation more often than not. The bulk of the real work is done by his friend and supposed sidekick, Wang Chi, brilliantly played by Dennis Dunn. I have to completely disagree with, with what Austin was saying. I think uh, Dennis Dunn does an absolutely fantastic job in this. And I've never really understood why Dennis Dunn didn't get further in Hollywood. The guy is is funny. He's charming. He can do comedy, drama, action. It was really refreshing at the time to see a, a blockbuster Hollywood film with a majority East Asian cast. Uh, and, well, actually, to be fair, it's, uh, uh, it's pretty much... Um, <laughs> It's still refreshing to see that to this day. Um, But Big Trouble in Little China provides the platform for so many talented East Asian actors who wouldn't have ordinarily had the exposure, which is what I can imagine due to the rigid and archaic casting of some Hollywood studios I was going to say up until that point, but it, once again, yeah, it's, pretty much, that point. it's pretty <laughs> yeah. much still felt to this day. Because, I mean, I'm hoping that it will change with the widespread popularity of crazy Rich Asians it, but it, it might have changed if this was a good film and hadn't been such a flop.
2: <laughs> if if you if you're going to cast people and put them in a good film, then people are going to cast them again.
0: Austin, honestly, I'm going to have to put you on a leash in a minute. <laughs> Uh, But anyway, we're getting sidetracked. You stopped for a second and I'm just going to put you. uh, (laughs) You took in some air. It's (laughs) because I've seen your notes, man, and there's nothing there. It's just like kind of every now and again, just say a snide comment. Uh,
1: (laughs) Gentlemen.
0: So there is some fantastic performance in in this. Uh, Once again, I'm going to have to disagree with what Austin said. Uh, Acting veterans like Victor Wong and the incredible James Hong, they they were absolutely brilliant. Uh, James Hong specifically. The first time we encounter him, uh, his low pan, it's like something out of a nightmare. He has a tremendous talent in later scenes for being hilarious and really creepy at the exact same time. Something I've been trying to emulate for years. (laughs) Um, And his flamboyance and sinister lopan is up there with some of the most memorable movie villains of all time, I think. And there were pretty physical, impressive performances from Carter Wong, Peter Kwong, and James Pax as well, who all played Thunder, Rain, and Lightning, respectively. I will agree with what Austin said about the female characters, they definitely could have been better unfortunately uh, with Miao Yin, Gracie and Margot all acting as damsels in distress at some point or in Miao Yin's case uh, pretty much the entirety of the film but Kim Cattrall and Kate Burton did deliver great performances however with Burton's Margot injecting a lot of comedy into her scenes Um, she was the sort of um, news reporter who was trying to get a good story but uh, she kept on um, injecting herself at the most inappropriate or inopportune moments and Uh, getting herself into uh, mischief Uh, Kim Cattrall was very dynamic as well she delivered a very nuanced performance as this sort of street savvy lawyer who also packs one hell of a punch Um, so all in all the cast and the characters they're more than just a Chinese whisper they're a Chinese shout
1: that (laughs) was terrible
0: sorry that was more of a Chinese burn
1: (laughs) Mike that's how you do it Gav that's how you do it
0: (laughs) sorry I just I came I didn't write one down again I just came up with it how
1: how did no one think a Chinese burn it was was brilliant (laughs) I'm I'm
2: just going to rewrite my uh, my
4: flourish (laughs) Okay. Well, um, you kind of answered each other quite directly there. So I don't have as much to ask. I'm, I'm quite interested in the idea that, that Ozzy feels that most of the characters aren't fleshed out, but then Gav feels that, that they're almost quite versatile within a myopic role. Uh, so in kind of running with that, uh, what's your impression, Dave, of the characters? Do you feel they're fleshed out? Do you feel they're versatile? Uh, are the performances good enough to um, fill quite a narrow idea of a character.
3: I would say they're they're as fleshed out as they need to be. I mean, most of them are supporting characters at the end of the day. And I think you get enough, you actually care about them, which is all you really need from your supporting cast. You know, you like... Egg Shen. You know, you don't want him to get killed in that final battle. You actually care about your your superfluous characters, as it were. I agree with Gav about James Hong. He is terrifying in this. It's all in the eyes. He's got these crazy eyes. He is absolutely terrifying as David Lopan. Great performance from him. Um, I, I thought Victor Wong was great as well. I thought he was very good. Uh, Dennis Dunn, I completely agree with Gav. Charming, great martial artist, decent actor. Don't know why he didn't go further in Hollywood. Um, and yeah, it's. It, I'd say,
4: yeah, for the most part, the cast do a very good job they're, they're exemplary i have to say yeah for the okay, most part exemplary strong praise mm-hmm. and uh alex my question for you uh i think the other big conflict there was kim cattrall was she good or not so my question to you is uh has kim cattrall ever been good in anything
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes i'll i'll star trek the undiscovered country she was great in it. Oh, excellent. okay <laughs> nice. I, know, I know i'm kind of out myself there but yeah
4: but you she are a bit of a great. samantha so. I, I am a bit of a samantha um, i
1: I thought Kim Cattrall was okay in it. And I'd kind of go on with what Dave was saying, which was, um, you know, the performances are as good as they need to be. This is kind of like a, it's a basically a B movie. And that's kind of what Carpenter did, right? He did very good B movies. And like so, B-plus movies. B-plus movies, maybe, this yeah. I one fell short. Like, yeah.
4: like The Terminator, yes. <laughs> yeah, just like The
1: Terminator. But I, I would say I'd kind of agree a bit more, to be honest, with Ozzy on, on a lot of his Ooh. points there. I know I'm not going to make myself for any any, any favours with Gav here, but um, <laughs> like, I like some of John Carpenter's films, but I don't like them all. And I do kind of like Big Trouble in Little China, but I did get a little bit tired towards the end. Like I do find the, the characters kind of go over a little bit sometimes. And even though they've got good lines and, you know, good action and stuff <laughs> like that, I did find maybe a little bit the performances sometimes just are quite B-movie. And after about an hour, you are a bit like, Oof, I, I could do with something a little bit more. Okay. Yep. Sorry, Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> are you crying? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You're crying? <laughs> 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 okay i are
4: moving on to closing arguments then i think so who would like to start austin okay so
2: i am a reasonable guy bullshit <laughs> but i have just experienced some very unreasonable things this last hour and a half <laughs> this film is muddled with special effects monsters and tricks and just a confusing maze of a story for what should essentially be a very linear easy to follow uh like Sunday afternoon film but it just isn't it shouldn't be hard to follow and it is that the characters are hardly written at all it's cheesy it's camp that's what 80s films should be this has just gone so far beyond it the acting is pretty poor other than Kurt Russell stereotypes galore and this film drove way faster than it could see and his reflexes were just not enough to see it through
4: Thank you very much, Austin. And Gav, what are
0: your closing statements, please? Right, firstly, that's all bollocks. (laughs) (laughs) Articulate as ever. (laughs) This has got to be part of the minute. uh, uh, I'm kind of going to do a similar thing to Man on Fire. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh (laughs) Brilliant. Uh, Maybe, maybe, uh, obviously, not as good. But uh, Dave, (laughs) I'm hoping that you'll appreciate this one. Okay. And Mike, this is a song that I'm singing directly to you. Okay. It it was a high action sci-fi western Told in a foreign land. <laughs> Russell was superb. James Hong did the stab when he portrayed Lo Pan. <laughs> Filmed with style and flair from Carpenter, and I cannot film all around. <laughs> <laughs> the fate of big trouble in China's in your hands <laughs> to put it on the shit list is not right and you just know that you know I speak the truth and Aussie's full of shit <laughs> <laughs> big trouble in little China is a hit
3: you good. know people don't give Carol Decker enough credit these days <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: mate I completely well, I yeah. lost my lines so I, <laughs> I was just like no,
2: No wonder the rest of your arguments were so shit, I must have spent ages
3: (laughs) doing that. (laughs) Fuck it Tapau, strangely profound, weren't (laughs) they? And it also sounds
0: like a sound effect that could have been used in Big Trouble Little China. (laughs) Tapau. Well,
4: thank you very much. So, uh,
0: yep. So uh, we'll we'll give you a little bit of time to think over those arguments, Mike, and we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. So uh, this one's going to be presented to us by Alex.
1: It is, and I think you probably have a bit of an unfair advantage on this one, Gav. This is a carpenter quiz. Whoa. I know are oh, you getting ready uh, dovetail I'm joints so oh I don't know no I don't think that's an answer if I had, I had done do this quiz if I had done this quiz it definitely
2: <laughs> would have been a woodworking quiz
1: <laughs> I was trying to think of a carpenter porn <laughs> bot but other famous carpenters we'll like think, just Jesus
2: Jesus is the only <laughs> thing that came to
1: mind so I stayed away
0: Carol Carpenter <laughs> Harrison Ford <laughs>
1: this, is, this is this is better than the quiz so shut up right <laughs> Right, uh first question is a nice easy one, or maybe it's not. Uh how many feature films as a director did John Carpenter make?
3: Oh. Oh he's still what? making them by the way. <laughs> okay, well, no, not rule no, he's, he's, he's kinda of
1: retired, but yeah, you know, how many has he made then?
3: Ooh. Um twenty one. I'm gonna say thirteen. I'm gonna say
1: twenty
2: two. No, I'm gonna say twenty.
1: It doesn't matter, because Dave is spot on with oh, 21. Hey. Well, well done, Dave. All Happy right, days. nice one. Uh, how many films have Carpenter and Russell worked on together? Oh, I Five. reckon that's a lot. Okay. Five is the right answer, yeah. but we'll give you a bonus point if you can name them in chronological order.
0: Chronological, chronological. order, wow. Uh, Elvis yep. is number one. Uh, the second one will have been Escape from New York. Uh, the Thing... Big Trouble in Little China and Escape from L.A. Double, Double points. Yeah. Nice, yeah. nice done, one. Well done.
2: Well done.
1: Okay. Uh, originally, which um, Chinese actor did Carpenter want to play Wang Chi oh, instead Jackie, of Dennis oh, Dunn? Jackie
3: Chan. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to give it to
1: Dave because he, you know, I think I feel like you're in trouble.
3: I raised him. my hand. You can't see it on the screen <laughs> <the police laughs> but I raised my hand.
1: Yeah, apparently he declined but also producer Lawrence Gordon was against it because he didn't think his English was good enough. just mm. not, not, yeah. not thinking ahead there. John
0: Carpenter really liked a police story then. Yeah. So mm. That's about to the two of him. Okay. Okay,
1: uh, John Carpenter is a bit like Alfred Hitchcock. He often appears in his own films, doing little cameos and stuff, like that. I'm glad you went with that and not
2: anything else that you might have tried to, to what put about. Alfred together. Hitchcock? Yeah, I don't know much about Alfred Hitchcock, but I just assume there's going to be some skeletons in his closet.
1: There are a few, I
3: think. Literal ones. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Master of horror. What, what,
1: what inspired him? Uh, right, what was his uh, cameo in Big Trouble in Little
3: China? Oh, I actually don't know. Yeah. Um... What was he? The sewer monster, <laughs> <laughs> the one with all the eyes, or the hairy one? <laughs> Both. Uh, was he a trucker or something while they're doing the the bottle gamble? Was he one Good of guess. the um, oh, right
0: one of the tribe um, that gets punched or oh, no
2: Aussie anything? <laughs> no, I was going to go trucker as well. I oh. can't think he would have done anything.
1: Uh, he was just a worker time. in Chinatown. Okay, oh, so just just, just in the background. Past.
0: Okay, in the thing, yeah. What's he in the thing? Does he? He appears in the thing. Where does he appear? Oh, he's he's one of the Norwegian scientists who uncovered the spacecraft. Very good.
1: Really? And and I'll give you triple points for this one. Oh, wow! I know if you can name all three of his appearances in Escape from New York.
3: Oh shit! Oh no. wow! I can't. I can't even okay. name one. Is, are they so sort of memorable? Is mm-hmm. do we get a point for each one? I guess.
1: Uh, yeah, but I'll give you triple if you get them. If you get more, okay. is
2: he a man drinking
3: a coffee?
1: No, he's not. Okay. I'm going to
3: say he's a technician <laughs> in the control room.
1: No, you're not. No, oh. you're not. is he the voice of a computer? No, he was a Secret Service agent. He was a. I think you'll find
3: they're in the control room.
1: (laughs) I I haven't seen the film. (laughs) He was a helicopter pilot and he was a violin player as well.
0: I knew the helicopter pilot as well. Uh, well, A violin player.
1: Did you? you? (laughs) No.
0: Uh, Off screen.
1: (laughs) Okay. uh, Can you name John Carmenter's three highest grossing films?
0: Ooh. um, Well, it definitely wasn't Big Trouble in Little China or The Thing. Um, uh, Probably Halloween. Um maybe Assault in Precinct 13, and Escape from New York. Okay. Any of those, right? Um, Is it, I'm not going to tell you, Dave. I'm going to
3: say Halloween.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: I'm going to say The Fog, mm-hmm. and I'm going to go with an out there one. I'm going to say The Ward.
2: Interesting. Aussie. I'm going to say Halloween. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Halloween 2. He mm-hmm. didn't direct Halloween 2. So, not? sorry. Halloween 5 you just direct that <clears throat> Halloween 2 it says here yeah. Halloween no, 2 you're looking at he's Google un- he's uncredited he's credited oh. for creating the characters well oh, then in that case I don't know There's stop, no stop. I googling only know. things <laughs> Halloween the thing and I'm gonna say this. I, just, I just told you the thing wasn't alright
1: look just settle down can everyone just simmer down and let me do my quiz <laughs> Halloween Jesus. the thing and then, uh, and then this this rubbish okay uh, you're all correct with Halloween which is by far and away his biggest highest gross from 47.0 million uh his next one was Starman, 28.7 oh, million. Oh, and then the last one is Escape from LA. LA. Oh, <laughs> yeah, wow. 25.4 million. Dang. Okay, uh, thanks for this conversation. You've messed up my next question. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Elvis. Uh, what film was uh, John Carpenter, writer, composer, and producer, but was not credited as director despite directing the reshoots? Halloween 2. Halloween, Halloween 2. two. Uh, he was also the editor on Assault on Precinct 13. Does anyone know what his name was as editor? What, he, what his alias
3: was carpenter john
1: oh yeah. no, it'd be <laughs> <laughs> no what was it? it was john t chance okay and mm. the last one how long to the nearest second is the fight scene between roddy piper and keith david oh, in they wow. live
3: wow to the nearest second yeah is that, does that include the break <laughs> in the middle <laughs> it <laughs> does include the break it's all together it's all part of four it four minutes 15 seconds interesting Five minutes, six seconds. Interesting. I'm
2: going to say five minutes <laughs> and 12 seconds.
3: Aussie uh, gets it.
1: <laughs> well done, Aussie. I'll let like you start. Uh, it was five minutes and 20 seconds. Ooh. It was actually only meant to last 20 seconds, but. but- <laughs> Piper and Keith David rehearsed for three weeks, uh, faking uh, hits to the face and groin, and enjoyed doing it so much that when Carpenter shot it, it was like, I'm just going to keep it all. <laughs> I'm going to keep the entire thing in. So, I think you all did very well, but it's
4: no surprise that the prize goes to Gav. Well done. So hey. nice. Yeah, well done, mate.
0: Uh, okay, so Mike, uh, have you come up with a decision?
4: Yes, I've uh, had time to deliberate, and I have reached a verdict. So, uh, tonight, I think that I've been very eloquently... Um, uh, confronted with two very contrasting critiques on this film,
0: <laughs> so I you're picking yourself up there.
4: <laughs> <laughs> so on one hand, we have Aussie's um, uh, B movie for budget. It was myopic. It was disjointed. It was full of um, racial caricatures, and essentially couldn't be made today. On the other hand, we've got uh, Gow's opinion that this film was a zeitgeist. You know, it very much captured the spirit of its time. It was full of 80s cheese and self-parody of a, um, the self-awareness around a, a main character who thought he was the hero, but in the end was a sidekick and just trying to be cool. Uh, it was a love letter to Eastern film um, and uh, it allowed characters from non-white backgrounds to shine and present a versatility within uh, otherwise narrow roles. I think also what made this harder was that, uh, in some ways, the two character witnesses were very split down the middle. However, as I haven't seen this film, I had to choose one thing to sway my opinion. And I think what will sway it is that Alex, despite giving uh, a bit of a a harsh rendition of uh, the character in the film, opened with, I like this film.
2: Yeah, but you've met Alex... (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> I leave me out of it guys come on bearing that in mind <laughs> I-, I think that that was literally the straw that's tipped the scales and for that reason I think I'll put it on the hit list
1: if oh. well you're welcome I had to well step done. in to save you <laughs> <laughs> <buddy>. <laughs> uh,
0: thanks Okay, so honest opinions. Um, oh, well, obviously you can you can tell that I really loved it. Uh, by chance, I was defending as well. I probably would have, I wouldn't have been able to do it an all right job if I would have been prosecuted, I don't think. Um, I really hope you have to prosecute. <laughs> a thing one, day. <laughs> 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 to be fair, though, to be fair, um, Big Trouble in Little China isn't my favourite carbon uh, film, but by a long stretch, I, I like it. But I do think it is a bit problematic. Um, but I, I can see um the you know it was it was done as a sort of love letter to chinese uh, cinema and uh, as you said it maybe is a bit problematic you, if it was to be you, do you get I a agree with
1: slight that. sense of fatigue towards the end when you're a bit like like let's get it done now no it keeps no, me entertained I'm personally,
0: but... personally but... yeah um so austin what about yourself
2: i really enjoyed it i actually <laughs> really liked it yeah I thought it was, it was uh, there were times where it's the same action over and over again but it knows what it is i knew what i was watching and I think anybody who picks this up to watch it is going to know exactly what they're getting into. And I thought it was really fun, and there's loads of great quotes. He's a good character. Like, if I'd have seen this when I was 12... I'd have been a
1: very different person.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't be. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just look at Gav's t shirt.
0: The poster's a dead giveaway. It tells you everything yeah, yeah. you need to know. Yeah,
1: but then again, also, Gattaca changed your life, and you haven't seen
0: that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Where Eagles Dare? So this is out of 10 on IMDb. Where Eagles There got 7.7. So what do you reckon, Mike? Higher or lower than uh, Where Eagles I There? I'd say lower. Lower,
3: a- Alex? Uh, lower. I'm, I'm going to say slightly lower, a couple of points lower. I'm saying lower as well.
0: Oh well, you're all right, isn't that brilliant? <laughs> <laughs> Seven point three out of ten. Uh, but once again, I put a poll up on Twitter over the weekend and asked our friends and followers to provide, uh, well, to, to um, ask which po- uh, which list the film should be placed on the hit or the shit. Uh, for a while, it was very, very like definite. Uh, maybe not so much now, but it's still the highest one that we've received. 88% of listeners decide that it should be placed on the hit list. All right, uh, yeah. So I checked it last night. And we'd had something like about 60 odd votes and it was uh, 99%. (laughs) 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 uh, How how many Twitter accounts have you got? (laughs) (laughs) I could only vote once. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, before we adjourn the case, it's time for a little caption contest. So what I do here is I take a screenshot of the film and I put it on Twitter and ask our friends and followers to provide captions with the funniest one being decided by you guys and winning a Freddo. Okay, so uh, the caption I've used is the infamous scene in which Thunder inflates himself like a giant balloon and then explodes. Now, <laughs> I, I'm i not going to lie to you guys. This was by far the most popular caption contest we've had since, Oh, really? It's uh, a gold mine Yeah, over 30 responses. Um, so I'm not going to read them all. Um, I'm just going to quickly uh, go over them. So, okay, number one, they're remaking Big Trouble in Little China with... Tom Cruise as the lead (laughs) Uh, okay number two no I don't want to hear about your theory of how all Pixar films are united (laughs) (laughs) Um, next one do you even lift bro (laughs) Uh, next one film Twitter if Bohemian Rhapsody wins best picture (laughs) Uh, next one uh, my completely measured reaction to the smallest inconvenience in my life so, did you write that? A <laughs> <laughs> uh, visual representation of how it feels to be a Spurs fan <laughs> um, they're, a they're rebooting what? Uh, uh, what do you mean the postman took my Fredo. <laughs> Some people take the all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet way too seriously. <laughs> uh, Donald Trump, when he sees two men holding hands. <laughs> and someone who was on a first date and could not finally uh, and could finally let out all his farts. <laughs> okay, so which one, guys? Uh, Mike?
4: I did quite like the last one. Last one. Uh, Alex? I don't know. Uh, I was split between a few.
3: I kind of like the front of one. I, yeah, I, I, I loved the Freddo one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Alex? Yeah, I'll go with Fredo.
1: Okay,
0: congratulations to our good friends, the cinema guys. You've just won yourselves a Freddo. Um, Hang on. I, I have literally just sent out a Freddo to them today as well to make up for the one that they lost. So I'm going to have oh. to send another one out now. <laughs> See, now
3: that quote's even funnier. Now I know the context. Bricks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Okay, so our next film on trial has been picked out of the hat at random during this episode, and it is Falling Down, which is not only a 90s drama thriller starring Michael Douglas, but it's also the inevitable outcome of every time Alex goes out drinking. Hey, <laughs> the, the film was recommended to us by our good friend Craig Harris, uh, who's a, a boss lad and longtime supporter of the show. Um, and I think this is the first film he's recommended that doesn't involve vampires. So <laughs> thanks, Craig. Um, anyway, the roles have been picked out at random. So in the role of defense, it's going to be Captain Dave. In the role of prosecution, is going to be Joel. In the roles of character witnesses, are going to be myself and Alex, which means, Austin, you're going to be the judge. And you never know, maybe Mike can come back as a sort of impartial third party. Um, but I just want to say thank you to everybody who's listened to this episode. Please remember to like, share, and subscribe. Tell your friends, tell your family but there's no need to tell Lopan's floating eyeballs because they see everything mm-hmm. just spread the warm love that is Films on Trial in as many years as possible and remember to follow us on Twitter at Film Trials where you can recommend films to us to put on trial follow our fantastic graphic artist Winston Sang at the underscore quirks and also check out our website Films on Trial follow us on Facebook, Instagram and our new YouTube channel Films on Trial we will be in your ears next week with Falling Down goodbye <laughs>